0: Holy Father in Heaven, we praise you once again for giving us the privilege to be among the living. We know we do not deserve life. We know it is not because of our holiness or righteousness, but because of your great love and mercy you have given us life. Therefore, we say you all praise, honor glory, and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Our Father in Heaven. We have come to you today for this fellowship, hoping, Lord, and praying that you will fulfill your promise. For you have said where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in their midst. Lord, come in your our midst in the person of your Holy Spirit. Grant to us the gift of understanding, the gift of wisdom. Put your words in our mouth, and all who would be listening will be blessed by the things that we would say. We pray, Father, that all will learn will help to transform our characters to become more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Conflict and Courage, January 7 A Chance to Choose And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it; for in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen and seventeen. Our first parents, though created innocent and holy, were not placed beyond the possibility of wrongdoing; they were to enjoy the communion with God and with holy angels. But before they could be rendered eternally secure, their loyalty must be tested. At the very beginning of man's existence, a check was placed upon the desire for self-indulgence, the fatal passion that lay at the foundation of Satan's fall. The tree of knowledge, which stood near the tree of life in the midst of the garden, was to be a test of the obedience faith and love of our first parents while permitted to eat freely of every other tree they were forbidden to taste of this on pain of death they were also to be exposed to the temptations of Satan but if they endured the trial they would finally be placed beyond his power to enjoy perpetual favor with God God might have created man without the power to transgress his law. He might have withheld the hand of Adam from touching the forbidden fruit. But in that case, man would have been not a free moral agent but a mere automaton. Without freedom of choice, his obedience would not have been voluntary but forced. There could have been no development of character. It would have been unworthy of man as an intelligent being and would have sustained Satan's charge of God's arbitrary rule. God made man upright. He gave him noble traits of character with no bias toward evil. He endowed him with high intellectual powers and presented before him the strongest Possible inducements to be true to his allegiance. Obedience, perfect and perpetual, was the condition of eternal happiness. On this condition, he was to have access to the tree of life. So long as they remained loyal to the divine law, their capacity to know, to enjoy and to love would continually increase they will be constantly gaining new treasures of knowledge, discovering fresh springs of happiness, and obtaining clearer and yet clearer conceptions of the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. Amen. The title of our devotion is A chance to choose our key text Genesis chapter 2 verse 17 which says but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die here we find the instruction given or I would say the command given by God to our first parents this command was supposed to be a test of their loyalty to him. God told our first parents concerning the tree of knowledge of good and evil which was in the midst of the garden as we studied yesterday that this tree they were not to eat of it that if they ate of it they will die. And here was giving them the power of choice. In that command they were to exhibit their power to choose either loyalty to God or disobedience and disloyalty to God and one would also wonder why did God give them this ability and power to choose. There are many who have wondered why didn't God make humans completely subservient to his law? And there are many who struggle with sin today asking the question Lord why don't you make me a robot take away my power to choose so that i'll consistently and constantly be in allegiance to your law so many are struggling with addictions and troubles that has to do with their moral character and they have wondered so many times why did god give me the power to choose why is it that he is not controlling me constantly and completely and making me obedient to his law without me exercising any power of choice of my own. Perhaps you have made that prayer to God sometimes and said, Lord, control me, make me a robot. Just take control completely. Take away my power of choice that I may be obedient and completely subservient to you because you have struggled. And your prayer has not been answered. Well, there are times I also have cherished such thought and said to myself, Why didn't God just make me a robot? Why did He give me the power of choice? Because many of us think that it is in the power of choice that we are immoral or sin against God, That's, that it gives us the ability to sin. And that is true. The power of choice actually gives you the ability to sin against god but what we must understand as to the power of choice is that it is completely against the purpose of god to take away our power of choice god said as we have seen in genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 let us make man in our own image after our likeness It is akin to the power and likeness and image of God to have the power of choice. God himself has the power of choice and if man must be created in the image and likeness of God, he would be less than God than the likeness of God if he was not given the power of choice. It is inherent in the image and likeness of God to have the power of choice. So, for man to be in the image and likeness of God, he also must have the power of choice. Anything short of that makes man not to be in the image of God and certainly, if he is not in the image of God, he will even be less than the brute beasts. Even the animals exhibit a power to choose. For us to have the power to choose means that we are free moral agents. And to be a free moral agent gives us the ability to give loving service to God. God is not interested in mere automatic worship of him. He wants us to make our decision so that we see what is reasonable and what is good for us to do. Not him controlling us. For what would it be like if you had a child who you always controlled and telling them what to do? Will you say that you have the love of this child expressed to you if the child had no power to choose and do things of their own will? How has it been for you couples when your own husband, without you telling him or wife, without you telling her what to do, does something so beautiful and lovely for you? Before you told the person something, they knew your need beforehand and satisfied it. perhaps? they washed your clothes for you even though you didn't tell them or they prepared the food for you even though you didn't tell them that is called thoughtfulness and you cannot be thoughtful without having the power of choice and thoughtfulness is an exhibition of great love that you didn't tell someone what you actually wanted from them and yet they were able to think of it and do it for you and many of us have felt so loved and so um, am taken care of because of the thoughtfulness exhibited by our friends, by our family members, maybe spouse, or even by strangers. Perhaps you were stranded on the road someday, maybe your car got spoiled, and someone thoughtfully pulled over to help you. That is the power of choice. And you seeing that this person of his own will or her own will without you asking did something like this makes you feel loved we cannot have the capacity to love without the power of choice we are told that god is love and this love cannot be in us without the power of choice if we must be love like god is love then it is important and paramount that we have the power of choice and god gave us our first parents also a chance to choose and to us today is also given that chance to choose adam and eve we will see later the kind of choice they made but to us today we are also given the power of choice to say for ourselves what we will be We are writing our own history with our power of choice. Our book contains lots of records which were written by us. How would you like someone to write your your history for you? God has given you the ability to write your history for yourself through the power of choice. And it is something that shows the justice and love of God in giving us the power of choice. For it wouldn't be just for God to claim that we are obedient without exhibiting the power of choice. You cannot say something is obedient when they did not do something of their own will and of their own choice. The non-living things cannot be attributed the uh, ability or the quality of obedience because they don't have the power of choice. An obedience to God's law is what shows our loyalty and love for Him. If a mere automaton that is a robot is not given the power of choice you cannot say oh this robot is obedient i told him to do something and he did it you already programmed him to do that so he is not exhibiting any power of choice of himself he's just doing what you told him to do already but god created man in his image having the power of choice and what we have to understand is that in giving man the power of choice he also put himself at risk. To show you how selfless God is, he didn't think of himself and say, Hmm, if I give these people power of choice, they have the ability to harm me. They can hurt me and do me great harm. I will take it away from them. Look at what is happening with us human beings in the nations around us, both in communism and democracy. The power of choice wants to be taken away from us men do not like their fellow men having the power of choice and this is an attribute of the devil when the rights of people have been taken away from them because you want to take away the power of choice you have seen oh if i give them the power to choose this or choose that they would stop me from achieving what i want to achieve therefore i make a law taking away the power to make this choice and telling them if they make this choice i will do this or that to them and then those things are done communist china and also other nations where we have dictators. They do that. But God is no dictator. He gives to us the power of choice. But one other thing is, in order for us to understand the reason for the power of choice, we also need to understand the origin of sin. Because, in understanding the origin of sin, we can understand clearly why God gave the power of choice. And one other question we ask, concerning this is why didn't god destroy the devil? why did he allow him why did he why did he permit him to live even till now well let us take time to understand the origin of sin so that we understand the power of choice given to man and also to angels and why it is so in the book of ezekiel chapter 28 reading from verse 12 we see the story of the origin of sin it says there Son of man take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus says the Lord God, thou sealest up the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. And the list of ten precious stones is given here, and then the Lord says The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Now, who is this king of Tyrus? Verse 14 tells us, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. End of quote. This king of tyros being referred to here is none other than the covering cherub, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty, and God says thou sealest up the sum. This is the highest and most intelligent creation of God, none other than the one we know today as satan and what happened to him here we read in verse 16 uh, 15 and 16 It says he was perfect in the day he was created till something happened iniquity was found in him but god didn't create him with iniquity it was found in him verse 16 then tells us that he filled the midst of him with the, with violence and he sinned this is the origin of sin patriarchs and prophets page 35 paragraph 1 sin originated with him who next to christ had been most honored of god and was highest in power and glory among the inhabitants of heaven lucifer son of the morning was the was first of the covering cherubs first of the covering cherubs holy and undefiled he stood in the presence of the great creator and the ceaseless beams of glory enshrouding the eternal god rested upon him end of quote as we have already seen in the bible he indeed stood in the mountain of god in the presence of god it was this angel most perfect most beautiful thou celest of the psalm god says that is he is the sum of god's creation perfect in everything he is the one with whom satan began speaking of him jesus said in the book of john 8 verse 44 you are of the father the devil and the loss of your father you will do he was a murderer from the beginning And abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it here Jesus is pointing towards the origin of sin sin did not originate with man when man sins he is not speaking of his own jesus is saying that when satan is speaking his lies no one is tempting him he is speaking of his own he has no external force that is pushing him to do it it is his own desire he is doing it of his own he has no excuse for it as for every other person that has sinned but the angels that sinned along with Satan in heaven and also every man who has ever sinned someone needed to tempt them and that is Lucifer the tempter but as for Satan that was not the case as for Lucifer he sinned of his own will his own sin has no explanation no excuse no source he himself is the originator a source of sin the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 tells us the same thing he that committed sin is of the devil Is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. Hmm. Once again, we see it here. Satan is being pointed as, as the first person who sinned, sinning from the beginning. 1 John 3, reading from verse 4 to 6 says, Whosoever committed sin, transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. What does this mean? For satan to have sinned that means there was a law in heaven because sin is a transgression of god's law so if the bible tells us that satan sinned in heaven that means there was a law to break in heaven so what was satan's problem really with god his problem was the law of god he broke that law he sinned and that is what god pointed as the issue the the real issue with satan is the law of God. He sinned intentionally. And going on, it says in verse 5, 1 John chapter 3, and you know that Jesus was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Verse 6, whosoever abideth in Jesus sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth had not seen him, neither known him. So we see that what separates God from Satan is this thing called sin. That is, what is sin now? The law, transgressing the law. So Those who are in Christ do not transgress the law. Those who are with the devil, they transgress the law. You see that central to the great controversy, central to the issue that happened in heaven is the law of God. It is the law of God that is in question here. The origin of the trouble that we have today has to do with the law of God. So, what happened? Ezekiel 28, now verse 17, talking about what led to Satan's sin. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. So, here we see it again what caused Satan to sin. Beauty and his brightness. His perfection got into his head and he started to covet the position of god reading from patriarchs and prophets page 35 paragraph 2 concerning this matter it says though all his glory was from god that's all satan's glory all lucifer's glory was from god this mighty angel came to regard it as pertaining to himself not content with his position though honored above the heavenly host he ventured to covet Homage due alone to the Creator. Instead of seeking to make God supreme in the affections and allegiance of all created beings, it was His endeavor to secure their service and loyalty to Himself. And coveting the glory with which the Infinite Father had invested His Son, this Prince of Angels aspired to power that was the prerogative of Christ alone. End of quote. What was the problem with Satan? It is the same problem with many of us today, covetousness. Many people do not talk about this sin called covetousness, yet it is the foundation of many other sins. That inward desire, it doesn't show itself as covetousness in action. It shows itself as stealing, killing, lying, adultery, dishonoring father and mother irreverence towards god it shows itself in idolatry because the bible says covetousness is idolatry it shows itself in the breaking of the sabbath and having other gods it is the foundation of the other nine commandments it if we are not coveting, you'll find out that we'll keep the other commandments too also you see that all other commandments are actually interconnected but when we look at it from the perspective of covetousness you find that it is an inward desire that shows itself in other actions it is something that is inside the mind and this was what happened to satan and that's why god placed the tree of knowledge of good and evil to test man so that the self-indulgence that satan had can be dealt with in them Reading from the first, second paragraph of our devotion today, Conflict and Courage, page 13, paragraph 2, it says, At the very beginning of man's existence, a check was placed upon the desire for self indulgence, the fatal passion that lay at the foundation of Satan's fall. End of quote. So, that tree of knowledge of good and evil, which was actually exhibiting to Adam and Eve their chance to choose, was placed there to cure them of that problem that Satan had. God knew that what brought sin in the first place was this covetousness, this self-indulgence. So to cure Adam and Eve of that self-indulgence, or to make sure that it is not in them, so that they are not admitted to the kingdom of God that is in heaven, so that they are not brought there with covetousness in them, so that they will prove to the whole universe and to heaven that they are not covetous they were tested with covetousness it was a test tests of covetousness tests of God's of loyalty to God's word God put it there to test their self-indulgence and if they had passed then adam and eve would have been growing more and more into the image and likeness of God so what happened concerning the origin of sin what did satan do we are told that he did something strange he was the covering cherub but he went about as we see in the book of ezekiel chapter 28 that he went about telling lies and distributing uh, vanities sowing discord among the angels of god and telling them lies about god and this resulted to himself and the angels leaving their original positions he was a covering cherub and he left his position. The book of Jude chapter 1 verse 6 tells us clearly that these angels did something like that. It says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He, God, had reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Hmm. So in rebellion, after satan has sown his seed of discord in the mind of other angels in heaven both he and those angels left their position they did not keep their first estate what is the first estate an estate is a high honorable position given to you it says they left it the angels that kept not their first estate but left god did not chase these angels out of heaven just because they were doing right they themselves left but they wanted to be in the presence of god doing as they pleased not taking up the position they were given they left their position in dishonor and rebellion towards god so let no one think oh god just chased them out of heaven they left them of their own will they left of themselves in rebellion towards god what why did they leave first of all left their position and later on what happened in the book of one peter sorry two peter chapter two Two Peter chapter two verse four. God then, we then see what God did. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, so these angels sinned in various ways. One by leaving their position and being in rebellion towards God. These angels sinned. So he says, now if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved into judgment. So before God even cast them away, they sinned. They left their position, as we have seen before God then cast them out of his presence in heaven. And in doing that, he left them to go and do what they want to do. In this living of their position, they became active, rebellious beings. The big book of Revelation 12 explains this to us. It talks about, in verse 2, verse 3, about a dragon. And this dragon verse 4 tells us he drew his tail, drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to earth. So here we see that. The blame for casting these stars to earth is actually put on Satan not on God. What does the star represent? In Revelation 1 verse 20 we are told the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my, in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. So when we see in Revelation 12 verse 4 that the dragon drew with his tail a third part of the stars in heaven that is figuratively telling us that this dragon Who in verse 9 of Revelation 12 we are told is Satan, the devil. The dragon in Revelation 12 verse 9 is Satan. Then the stars, Revelation 1 verse 20 represents angels and then the tail there represents deception. We can see that in the book of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 15 which says the ancient and honorable he is the head and the prophet that teaches lies or deception. He is the tail. So here we see that teaching lies and deceiving people with lies represents tail. So when you read here that Satan drew with his tail, that is with lies, with deception, he drew with lies and deception, the angels, he deceived them. He took them with his deception and they sinned. And what happened? There was war in heaven, active rebellion, and then Satan was thrown away from heaven. So that is, in summary, the origin of sin and then Isaiah 14 verse 12 to 14 and 15 tells us, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which these weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, that is above the angels. I will exalt my throne. I will be rulers of all. I will be the ruler of all angels. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Do you remember what we read in Ezekiel 28 that he was walking in the mountain of God? And he was not the one sitting on the throne there. But he says, I want to sit on that throne in the mount of God. Verse 14: I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. This was the intention in Satan's mind. And to deal with this, he also had to have the power of choice. God didn't take away from him the power of choice. And like I said, many of us have wondered, why didn't God destroy him? I'll read now from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 42, paragraph 1 down to paragraph 4. It says, God could employ only such means as were consistent with truth and righteousness. Satan could use what God could not, flattery and deceit. He had sought to falsify the word of God and had misrepresented his plan of government, claiming that God was not just in imposing laws upon the angels, that in requiring submission and obedience from his creatures, he was seeking merely the exaltation of himself. It was therefore necessary to demonstrate before the inhabitants of heaven and of all the worlds that God's government is just, his law perfect. Satan had made it appear that he himself was seeking to promote the good of the universe. The true character of the usurper and his real object must be understood by all. He must have time to manifest himself by his wicked works. The discord which his own course had caused in heaven, Satan charged upon the government of God. All evil he declared to be the result of the divine administration. Hmm. Politics, this started with Satan. He claimed that it was his own object to improve upon the statutes of Jehovah, like many claim today. Therefore, God permitted him to demonstrate the nature of his claims, to show the working out of his proposed changes in the divine law. His own work must condemn him. Satan had claimed from the first that he was not in rebellion, the whole universe must see the deceiver unmasked. Even when he was cast out of heaven, infinite wisdom did not destroy Satan. Since only the service of love can be acceptable to God, the allegiance of his creatures must rest upon the conviction of his justice and benevolence. The inhabitants of heaven and of the walls being unprepared to comprehend the nature or consequences of sin, could not then have seen the justice of God in the destruction of Satan. Had he been immediately blotted out of existence, some would have served God from fear rather than from love. The influence of the deceiver would not have been fully destroyed, nor would the spirit of rebellion have been utterly eradicated, for the good of the entire universe through ceaseless ages, he must more fully develop his principles that his charges against the divine government might be seen in their true light by all created beings, and that the justice and mercy of God and the immutability of his law might be forever placed beyond all question. Satan's rebellion was to be a lesson to the universe through all coming ages a perpetual testimony to the nature of sin and its terrible results. The working out of Satan's rule, its effects upon both man and angels, would show what must be the fruit of setting aside the divine authority. It would testify that with the existence of God's government is bound up the well-being of all the creatures he has made. Thus, The history of this terrible experiment of rebellion was to be a perpetual safeguard to all holy beings, to prevent them from being deceived as to the nature of transgression, to save them from committing sin and suffering its penalty. So, here again, we see the power of choice being displayed. If God had destroyed Satan, do you know? that that would have been a way to take away power of choice from the other angels look at what happens in the nations today when you have your power to choose and then the government starts to punish and inflict civil penalties painful torturing ones on people what are they doing they are trying to compel them force them with those measures to choose a particular direction to make their choice in a particular direction they are trying to force their conscience If God had destroyed Satan, it would have been a means to take some power of choice away from his created beings. And in not destroying him, he preserved the power of choice among all his creations. Because to exercise force on Satan and obliterate him out of existence would be a way to instill fear on the other created beings which includes the angels and the other worlds and also to threaten them or to compel them to worship him not out of their own free will now, not out of their own choice, but out of fear. Because fear is not choice in and of itself. You are doing something out of fear. It's not love anymore. God only respects and wants the service that comes from love. Therefore, obliterating Satan would have put fear in other angels and in the rest of his creations and they will start serving god out of fear and if they even ever thought of going against god's law they would not want to do it why because they are afraid but god doesn't want that he wants reasonable service go against the law if you want to out of your own sense of justice but eventually if you go against it experimentally we would see where it would end we would see whether you made the right choice that was good for you or not because good and evil is not relative choice you can choose what you want but eventually we'll be able to tell whether that choice was good or not now satan's walking has been done look at our look around you look look at look what's happening around us this is satan's government now it has been revealed what he wanted the, the changes he wanted in god's government we can see now that he's ruling the earth what it is Now God can say clearly to every other angel and to every other created being that if he is destroying Satan, no one will complain, they will be able to see it for themselves that God is making the right decision. But if he had done it back then, what did Satan do? He didn't kill anybody. What did he do? He simply rebelled against God's government. Why would you kill somebody because he's rebelling against your government? There's no need for God to do that. Let him work out what he wants to see, what he wants to do. Let us see what it will, what it will lead to and where it will lead to. Then every other person will see for themselves whether it is good or not. God was all knowing. He is still all knowing. He knew where it will end, but the other beings did not know. So he allowed Satan's power of choice to continue. He allowed man to have the power of choice so that everybody can see where making the wrong choices will lead us to. And Satan's rebellion will be finally obliterated. Today, we all still have that power of choice. What are you doing with it? It is left for me and you to make the right decision. We are writing our own history by our choices. Our books contain our records in heaven. And every choice we make, we are writing our history. I pray that we all will make the right choice. That in making our choices it shall be good, and at the end, our choices will lead us to eternal life. Amen.
1: Amen. Here we see in this devotion the principles upon which the government of heaven is structured. We see the decisions that change the cause of the human race. We also have seen the tussle behind the scene and how it plays upon the stage today why so many still choose the tree of good and evil over the tree of life. Oh how it grieves a father's heart when after having provided everything necessary for his child yet the child yearns for things that will destroy them. Like when children leave water and turn to alcohol when they snub beautiful nutritious foods and turn to drugs using the time for Bible study and prayer to squander upon the soul-staining and soul-destroying habits of pornography and watching others and take pleasure when people disobey God they were to enjoy communion with God and with holy angels, but before they could be rendered eternally secure, their loyalty must be tested. At the very beginning of man's existence, a check was placed upon the desire for self-indulgence, a fatal passion that lay at the foundation of Satan's fall. We see clearly today self-indulgence that check has been removed there is no restraint on people anymore and we see the danger oh, we have also seen seen that love must be proved if a man walks up to a woman and say he loves her the lady will try to prove whether this love is genuine Adam was placed on a test to prove the genuinity of love, whether out of gratitude he would serve God in humility and obedience and from love out of an unfeigned heart. Oh, but how pitiful it is for a father to watch his child reach out his hands into a fire head. Normally mothers will slap back that hand, or slap back the child's hand. Oh, but the father had to watch in pain after having warned Adam he still went ahead to do exactly the opposite of what he was told for men today one act is enough grounds there's enough reasons for divorce oh but the father it is in this story that we clearly see again an aspect of the father's heart but as we go ahead we see that Eve Eve was deceived but Adam the Bible says he was not deceived without freedom of choice his obedience would not have been voluntary but forced there could have been no development of character it would have been unworthy of man as an intelligent being and would have sustained Satan's charge of God's arbitrary rule you understand that Adam was supposed to answer Satan's charge But oh no, he proved that Satan was right. Adam failed the test and he let the gift overbalance his love for the giver. Some people around you today are just waiting for the gifts. As soon as they receive it, they are done with you. Adam saw on one hand Eve whom he had come to enjoy her company and He knew that she shall surely die. Instead of thinking about the other consequences, the power of the giver to give again, he scoffed at the promises of God. He slighted the mercies of God. He dared the justice of God. All the wonderful home and trees seemed like nothing as compared to Eve. He chose the gift over the claims of the giver. God says, don't eat. Eve, on the other hand, now says, eat. We now know that Eve was being used as modern restless Eves today. Most honest women don't even realize that they are instruments in the hands of Satan. That the way they dress today is part of the same principle that will lead men into sin. Yes, Satan can speak into their ears to put on some kind of dress and that's the road that's leading down the same road again and many adams will fall into the same kind of temptations i read now from dusk before dawn with the earliest history of man satan began his efforts to deceive our race He who had incited rebellion in heaven desired to bring the inhabitants of the earth to unite with him in his warfare against the government of God. Adam and Eve had been perfectly happy in obedience to the law of God and this fact was a constant testimony against the claim which Satan had urged in heaven that God's law was oppressive. And opposed to the good of his creatures. And furthermore, Satan's envy was excited as he looked upon the beautiful home prepared for the sinless pair. He determined to cause their fall, that having separated them from God and brought them under his own power, he might gain possession of the earth and he extended his kingdom in opposition to the Most High, had Satan revealed himself in his real character, he would have been repulsed at once, for Adam and Eve had been warned against his dangerous fall. But he walked in the dark, concealing his purpose, that he might more effectually accomplish his project. Employing as his medium the serpent, then a creature of fascinating appearance, he addressed himself to Eve. Had God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, had Eve refrained from entering into argument with the tempter, she would have been safe. But she ventured to parley with him and fell a victim to his wiles. It is told that many are still overcome their doubts and argue concerning the requirements of God. And instead of obeying the divine commands, they accept human theories which but disguise the devices of Satan. I just finished reading from page 13 first and second paragraph now there are two things I picked from this reading because the first one is that so many who are overcome today because they doubt the simple statements of the word of God and they accept human theories like for instance we know that the tree of knowledge of good and evil is standing side by side with the tree of life we know today that in the ten commandments the fourth commandment says that the sabbath is the seventh day of the week and so it's standing there in the middle of the commandments and then today we hear people say that no the seventh day of the week is no more the sabbath is now the first day of the week which is sunday so instead of a plain statement from the the word of god which says that saturday is the seventh day of the week and then saturday is the sabbath now we hear people say that it is sunday it's side by side and a lot of people have chosen sunday because of human explanation theories as we read here then the second part is that it's a warning for women oh how i have great respect for women who will not talk to strangers whenever they see men trying to advance them and they read in their motive that this one is up to no good. They just... They don't even go into any conversation with you. You talk all you want. I have great respect for those women because I remember some ladies have done that to me in the past and I remember that I was up to no good in those times when I I was being used by Satan to approach them. But now I see clearly that Satan ventured into arguments. Satan... Used the serpent to go into a conversation a dialogue with the woman and she fell and pallied with the serpent and so he uses he has his serpents in disguise today as men walking on foot using the same technique of the tempter they are inspired by the enemy i'll continue the reading from christ in his sanctuary page twenty-eight it says the sin of our first parents brought guilt and sorrow upon the world and had it not been for the goodness and mercy of God would have plunged the race into hopeless despair the fall of man filled all heaven with sorrow the world that God had made was blighted with the curse of sin and inhabited by beings doomed to misery and death there appeared no escape for those who had transgressed the law but divine love had conceived a plan whereby man might be redeemed hallelujah now remember I pause the reading here remember how our brother told us that God in foreknowledge he will always go beforehand in forethought to make plans make provisions for the emergency God had seen this as a great lover. He had made plans for it. The broken law of God demanded the life of the sinner. In all the universe, there was but one who could, in behalf of man, satisfy its claims. Since the divine law is as sacred as God himself, only one equal with God could make atonement for its transgression. To man, the first intimation of redemption was communicated in the sentence pronounced upon Satan in the garden. The Lord declared, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This sentence, altered in the hearing of our first parents, was to them a promise while it foretold war between man and satan it declared that the power of the great adversary would finally be broken hallelujah Though they must suffer from the power of their mighty foe they could look forward to final victory so you see how our choice pushed christ to the cross you see how christ stepped in on behalf of man to redeem man from this fallen state and how today we need not repeat the choices, these bad choices that Adam made. We did, we need not repeat those choices that will push heaven far from our reach. We need to be coming closer and closer to the eternal home. We need to be going back. Our feet and our face must turn to the direction where our Redeemer is. Going onward and forward until finally that great day shall come when we shall face-to-face meet with our Redeemer. I pray that we take to heart all the choices we make. We weigh them on the balances of the Word of God, that we may be found worthy candidates for His appearing. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father who is in heaven, Lord, we continue to thank you We exalt your name because you alone deserve to be praised. We thank you for all the wonderful things you've given us. We thank you for the words that reminded us of why we're here. And we thank you for reminding us of the power of choice. You gave man free will. We are not automated. We were created with the capacity to increase in knowledge and in love and in obedience. Our oh Lord, we want to continue to grow in grace and grow in love. We pray you continue to teach us that every time we must decide, may we decide for heaven. Help us, O oh Lord, and strengthen us, equip us with all things necessary for the maintenance and furtherance of this work, that we may continue to stay in thee, and our minds be stayed even in thee. This is our prayer to Christ, our oh Lord. Amen.